Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. When you are literally next door to the magical place on earth, the most magical place on earth, you have to start with the most magical intro in Disney history. Lion King, 1994. Troy, there's no argument. That is the best Disney intro in history. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, we are live from 39 poolside bar and grill here in Orlando, Florida, as we are two days away, a little bit more than 48 hours away from K-State and NC State meeting up in the first ever Pop-Tarts Bowl Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. The game from Orlando is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services agent Joe Wilson. Do you need life insurance? No matter your life stage or expenses, having life insurance in place to protect your family is a smart move. Don't spend time wondering. Contact Farm Bureau Financial Services agent Joe Wilson in Manhattan to learn more. It's your future. Let's protect it. It is a warm day, and not to rub it into anybody, but it is a warm, nice day in Central Florida. This is the home of the University of Central Florida. Of course, the Cats beat the Knights already this year. But in two days, we do have the Pop-Tarts Bowl and I know uh, back home, I mean, we just got out of the way in time. Literally. Because I just checked the weather forecast in Manhattan. It's currently 33, snow, huge f- snowflakes, right? That's the report from K-Man. But here in Central Florida, it is currently 77, a little bit of a night. It's a nice, coolish wind. It is overcast, which it probably helps out a lot. It's humid. That's the only deal, thing we're dealing with. It's a bit humid right now, but, Troy, we're sitting next to a pool. There is literally a hot tub with a waterfall 15 feet away. Just don't hit the time machine button, all right? Let's not spill any Red Bulls in there, cause any problems to, you know, that wind up where we have to sort out who's whose parent and all of that. 
I think we'll be okay. Okay. I th- all right. I oh, would I, hope I, so. Really, the only thing we have to worry about is uh, when we fly back. <laughs> Are we running into any weather? Ugh. I haven't looked that far. I, I'm, I'm afraid to look that far. Let's see. Friday's forecast, sunny and 40. All right. We're good to go. No problem. We're skipping out onto the snow. It snows today anyway and tonight. That's, uh, and then it's going to be back to normal-ish come tomorrow in Manhattan. Here's the note, though, to be fully aware of. There is that possibility that we could see a rain shower or two game time Thursday night. So that's true. The high, as of right now, here in Orlando for game time is 63. And right now it's about a 30-ish percent chance of, of showers. Uh, we did get a little bit of rain here today. This morning, as a matter of fact, when I was on the morning show with David G., who is back in Manhattan, uh, I, I was on with him three times for the show once an hour, and I was reporting on the weather. He kept bringing it up because they were dealing with snow. There were cars yep. sliding off the road, and he kept asking me, what's the snowfall here in Orlando? I said it's a record high of zero uh, snowfall here in, uh, in Orlando. But I kept mentioning that we did actually get a little bit of rain this morning. As a matter of fact, when I came outside to do the show, I was wiping down tables. I was wiping down <laughs> chairs. I had to go to the pool to get a towel and wipe off. That's, you know, that's the sacrifice we're making here in Orlando. Exactly. But I'm, I'm, we're, we're so glad to be here. We're so glad to be able to watch this bowl game in person. And we're going to hit a number of storylines here in the next couple of hours. Tomorrow's show will be partially live from the pep rally, which will start at 3 o'clock. Here on K-Man, you will hear the entire pep rally, uh, and we're going to do a three-hour show from 3 to 6 tomorrow right here on News Radio KMAN. Now, storylines do, of course, include that NC State will be without their best player. He opted out. We'll talk about that in hour number two. We will uh, speak with Curry Sexton also in hour number two. We talked uh, over the weekend about, of course, Wildcat NIL, K-State football moving forward in the NIL process to enhance it, be more competitive. And Curry will also give us a uh, prediction and thoughts on the Pop-Tart Bowl. Here in hour one, we'll uh, hear from Avery Johnson, Sunshine making his official start, his first one for K-State in the Sunshine State. He'll He'll talk about taking on that task and how long he has been preparing for this moment coming up on Thursday against NC State. But, Troy, we need to talk about what everybody's talking about in college football, and it has to do with the Pop-Tarts Bowl. What a beautiful sight it was. Earlier today, K-State head coach Chris Kleiman, NC State head coach Dave Doran, on location, had the opportunity to unveil the brand-new Pop-Tarts Bowl game trophy. This is the first-ever Pop-Tarts Bowl. This is actually a bowl game that is about, I think it's 24 years old now. It started in 1990, so this is the 24th bowl game that they've had and it's never been the Pop-Tarts Bowl it's always sold right. to a sponsor right it was originally the the Blockbuster Bowl which we got to look at that trophy I've never seen it and as of recently it was the Cheez-Its Bowl now it's the Pop-Tart Bowl Pop-Tarts Bowl debuted earlier today and I gotta say I think we need to have the conversation is this the greatest trophy in college football it might be it is better than any national championship trophy I've ever seen. You know, it might be the greatest trophy of all time. I don't know. But if you haven't seen the pictures yet, go to newsradiokmain.com. You'll find the article in the sports section. Just go to the K-State Bowl updates, and you'll see the article to look at the Pop-Tarts Bowl trophy. They unveiled it with the, uh, the silver wrapping. The Pop-Tart wrapping was over the trophy. They unveil it. Let me break it down for you. It's basically college football Stanley Cup. But instead of the plates that have the team names and the team players, 
that have won the Stanley Cup, it's silver Pop-Tarts. It's literally silver Pop-Tarts on the side of the trophy. On top, you have a silver football. But inside the silver football, you have two real Pop-Tarts. And those Pop-Tarts, I believe, were frosted strawberry. The disappointing aspect of that is that there is no heating element involved in the trophy so that you could toast the Pop-Tarts. So it looks like a a toaster, right, where the laces are in the football. There are two slots with the Pop-Tarts hanging halfway out. No, you can't press a button. They drop and they toast for you. We're not 20 years into the future quite yet. That feels like a real 2020, real uh, 2043 type of thing. Maybe when the top Pop Tarts Bowl becomes 20, they'll start thinking about that. Uh, whatever, I'm, I'm sure technology has that figured out already. But my God, is the world talking about this? National media are talking about, holy cow, Pop Tarts Bowl, you really knocked it out of the park. And as soon as I saw that thing, I already thought K State could win this game. Now they just should win this game. (laughs) To bring that trophy back to Manhattan and have it on display forever in veneer, it's like, you know, going to the Orange Bowl. When you win the Orange Bowl, you win a trophy that has oranges inside, and I don't know if teams replace the oranges when they get old or whatever. I don't know what the expiration date are on Pop-Tarts. I I would think they have more of a shelf life than oranges. I would hope so. But it's like the Orange Bowl. What a cool trophy that would have on display in veneer. This is the opportunity to have a food trophy in your complex. One of the things that stands out about this is not only is the trophy stellar, but the fact that they had it wrapped in Pop-Tarts branded foil. So it looked like literally they were unwrapping a Pop-Tart to pull this thing out today. Uh, They've done a stellar job in branding this bowl this year. Uh, You you have to really tip your cap to everybody involved. Well, and it's hilarious. I mean, when we got into town, I saw maybe one or two signs as we rode from the airport to the hotel. We're at the media hotel right now. It's where we're doing the show. By the way, it's so convenient. It's right across the street of where the pep rally will take place. I've seen maybe one or two signs for the Pop-Tarts Bowl, but on social media, the Pop-Tarts social media, in the Pop-Tarts Bowl social media. I mean, they're killing it right now with all the things they've been doing just with the trophy. I mean, they did a spoof of Pimp My Ride to break down how they built the trophy. (laughs) They had, like, characters or actors portraying certain individuals that used to be on the Pimp My Ride show. Nice. And they're talking about, we're going to do this with the trophy. We're going to do that with the trophy. They didn't put spinners on it but they do have Pop-Tarts on it, which is just incredible. They're spray-painting the Pop-Tarts silver. And I had a thought. I was like, you know, I brought up the the Stanley Cup just a few minutes ago and how this could be college football Stanley Cup. What they should do moving forward, and heck, let's start this year, is do like what the Stanley Cup, what they do with the Stanley Cup, the NHL, Mm -hmm. is on those plates you engrave the player names Let's engrave the player names and Coach Kleiman's name into the Pop-Tart. Difficulty working around the we'll holes. Di- working around the holes on the Pop-Tart. Well, let's just get a fake Pop-Tart then. Because <laughs> that's the thing about it that has to last. Sure. I got you. It's so cool. I, and I've been, I've been looking at pictures of it all day. I've been reading about people's responses to it all day. I mean, now... College football wants this right. in their college football playoff. This needs to be a playoff now because oh, the the trophy is so cool. So once we move to the 12-team playoff and you get to the quarterfinals, and that's when teams start meeting in bowl games, 
Pop-Tarts Bowl got to be in there now. I think the last time that I saw a reaction to a, a trophy like that, it, this, it was when Minnesota and Nebraska started playing for the $5 Broken Bits of Chair trophy. I have no idea that even existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one uh, goes back to uh, 2014. It didn't last long. Once the schools got rid of the quote-unquote rivalry aspect of it, it became more of a fundraising thing. They don't pass the trophy back and forth anymore. And, you know, uh, on top of the branding, also what the Pop-Tarts Bowl is doing, and this has been talked about already here on the show, we don't know what the flavor is yet. The hint is because of the trophy, and it had the frosted strawberry in the trophy, you know, simulating a, a toaster, you know, in the, in the, with the football, is that could the filling be frosted strawberry, and that is the mascot will be an edible Pop-Tart. And because of that... The Pop-Tarts Bowl has put a number of prop bets online that have to do with that particular thing, as in how does the mascot make its entrance into the game, and plus, um, you know, like the post-game celebration with the Gatorade uh, bath. Like, does the coach get a Gatorade bath, or is it going to be actual Pop-Tarts? They are putting Pop-Tarts everywhere, but they're making it fun. Like, they're doing things we haven't seen before. An edible mascot? I mean, there maybe not been too many bowl games in the past no. where you could have a you know an edible mascot inside.com bowl is not going to have an edible mascot the cotton bowl you're not going to you know get cotton mouth uh no it would be the orange bowl the citrus bowl you know yeah um but so it's so this is fitting that we're in florida yes exactly this bowl game uh it definitely beats having the duke mayo bowl getting that mayonnaise dumped I think that's on you. A fantastic i think that's a fantastic post-game celebration holiday bowl trying to one-up that this year Eggnog. A tub of eggnog and dumped a, on the winning coach. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and that's not – yeah, that's – and it's, it's direct TV. I know. They can't set – you know, the coach can't watch TV as a post-game celebration instead. So Which I bet they'd prefer that. Well, with the eggnog, maybe. Be better than dumping it over his head. Brutal. Pop-Tarts Bowl coverage in Orlando brought to you by Commerce Bank. Proud sponsor of the Kansas State Wildcats. Here's to the team that proves there's no challenge we can't meet together. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. All right. First of all, you got to win the game to get the Pop-Tarts Bowl championship trophy. It's the coolest thing I've seen since uh, the WWE and the Big 12 teamed up to give the MVP a literally WWE championship belt. That's sick. I don't know if we have a cool wrestler to present the Pop-Tarts Bowl trophy, but what I do know is that when we come back, we're going to hear from K-State quarterback Avery Johnson, who is more than ready to take on the challenge that this is his first career start, and now this is his team. You'll hear Avery Johnson speak to the media next. It's the game on News Radio KMAN. Back in the game in Orlando, Florida, getting you set for the Pop-Tarts Bowl in two days. 8-4 K-State, 9-3 NC State from Camping World Stadium here in Orlando. The game in Orlando is brought to you by Whole Health MHK. Is there to support the whole family through a root cause approach to wellness. They're your wellness champions. 
Whole Health MHK, located at 7840 East Highway 24 in Manhattan. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale. So to come here in hour number one, uh, we'll have a new Jabroni of the Week. We've brought the Jabronis with us here to Florida. Oh, dear God, please, no, not the Jabronis. Well, and back in the day, we used to crown, when we'd go on these bull trips, a Jabroni of the Year. But we just recently brought back this segment just sure. a few weeks ago. So we're going to continue with Jabroni of the Week. But I don't want them along on the trip at all. They're going to stay here. Don't oh, worry. Oh, oh, They're all just right. here to visit. Okay. We're, all right. We're going to ditch them after this uh, this first hour is done. Plus, in hour number two, we're going to hear from former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton. And uh, NC State will not have their best player for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. He has opted out. More details on that coming up in hour number two, along with a little bit of Ask Us Anything to wrap it all up. Huge storyline for K-State for this Pop-Tarts Bowl is, of course, the true freshman quarterback, Avery Johnson. Sunshine will make his first career start in the Sunshine State. The Mays, Kansas native, it's now his his team. Will Howard has made the decision. He is into the transfer portal looking for a new home for his final year of eligibility. Avery Johnson has three years of eligibility left. And if he wants to stay all three years, he can definitely do so. And the team is most likely going to be his throughout those three years if Avery Johnson does live up to what we expect him to be and that is to be one of the best players in program right. history. We had right. that thought about him ever since he decided to become a cat because how highly he was ranked in the recruiting when it comes to the recruiting sources, four-star kid, maybe the best K-State recruit in program history, especially since he is a Kansas kid. He played in game one. It was a blowout against SEMA, but he played, had a rushing touchdown, ran the ball ten times against Missouri. After the loss... At Oklahoma State, Avery was mixed in heavily in what became a two-quarterback system for a few games, and that included a five-rushing touchdown game against Texas Tech. He, in that game, showed off how electric he can be with his running. TCU game, he's throwing dimes to Jace Brown, Mm -hmm. and he and Will Howard were just going back and forth on the possessions. And then it was mostly Will in the Houston game after Avery had the fumble. And then for the last four games of the regular season, it was Will's team. But again, Will's in the portal. This team belongs to Avery Johnson. Avery has played in seven games. He has ran for 225 and six touchdowns. But we forget how well he has used his arm this season when he has played in his limited time where he has thrown for 305 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Yesterday, he spoke to the media. Avery is very excited for this opportunity. He's going to tell you how long he's been preparing for this moment, where he's at emotionally, and as you're going to hear right now, he changed his number to number two. Here's Avery Johnson with the K-State Media. First of all, why he changed the number. I wore number two pretty much my whole life, Um, and I kind of wore it just because kind of a lot of reasons. My brother wore two growing up, and I always looked up to him, and then kind of when the number opened up, coaches kind of brought it to my attention that the switch could happen I had no idea it was going to happen this fast but I had no problem with it and uh, kind of used it as a good way to just kind of get everything going for for the uh, bowl game what have you enjoyed about what what coach Riley has has kind of brought to things that's he took um really just like how excited he is to be in this position you know I don't think a lot of people give him a lot of credit for what he is capable of and we've seen it like just how we've been preparing for the week I mean he obviously knows his stuff he knows what he's talking about and um, he communicates with everybody on staff he communicates with me to see what I like and what I don't like and just like 
just the enthusiasm he brings to practice and things like that. You know, he just just happy to be here and, and just happy to be able to be in the position he is. He said that he can tell that you've been preparing for this since you got here and probably before that. How about in your mind? How long are you preparing for, for this? Really, my whole life. You know, I've been. Uh, I've always had the greatest confidence in myself to, to just be able to go out there and you know do what I'm capable of doing. I have a great support system around me and obviously the team believes in me, the coaches here believe in me, so it just ultimately makes my job easier. What's it kind of been like now that you are preparing as you know the, the true number one, getting all the reps in practice and all that, is there any difference than what you've been accustomed to? Not really, um, just kind of trying to attack each day the same. Uh, whether I'm the backup, the starter, it really doesn't matter to me. Just kind of having that same mindset, um, just going out there and chasing greatness, holding myself accountable, trying to hold the team accountable, and uh, just trying to bring the best out of myself and everybody around me. On that video, you mentioned that the numbers changed, the mission hasn't. What is the mission? Um, just go out there and just put, put our best foot forward, go out there and get a win, um, and just go attack attack not just the game but attack each day attack each practice with our best so that we can ultimately get better each day coach talked a little bit about joe he talked a little bit about trey obviously your connection with jace just how excited are you to get to go out there and especially with all these you know young kids who might be making an impact for you know the first time yeah i feel like it's really exciting and not just because those three guys that you named are great football players we have a great young class we have great leaders and older uh, upperclassmen but I feel like we just have a great chemistry or we have a lot of great chemistry here and we have a lot of great people and just people that want to be here at K-State and uh, want to go out there and perform for the, the person to their right and their left. How have you learned most about yourself over this past year? Um, really just I feel like the main thing I learned is uh, just to stay patient and everything's going to happen on God's timing and just being able to just get closer, grow, grow in my faith and, and get closer to God and just know that whenever he says the time is right, everything will happen. What's the biggest thing that you want to show this week? Um, really just that I can throw the ball. I feel, like I'm, I've, I feel like I've proved that I'm really electric with my legs, but really just the people inside the, the facility know what, what I'm capable of with my arms and just being able to show that um, I can go out there and, and the whole team can go out there and just put together a full performance rather because, you know, we lost a lot of pieces and just showing that um, the people that we have here and the people that um, come to practice each day can, can go out there and perform like we know we can. Once again, that's the K-State media yesterday speaking with true freshman quarterback Avery Johnson for K-State who will make his first career start against NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Troy, we heard there at the end, he's already shown that he can be electric with his feet. Now it's time for him to show how well he can throw around the yard. And that's my expectation with Connor Riley. First of all, this is an audition for Connor Riley to earn the job as offensive coordinator. I most likely think he will. I think he'll do a great job with calling the shots and calling the plays for K-State on Thursday. But Avery does not want to be a battering ram. He cannot be a Colin Klein. Colin Klein is a big dude. Yes. And he, 2011, he ran the ball 25 times a game and ask Colin after every game how hard was it to take off his shoulder pads every game how battered and bruised was Colin Klein after every game in 11 and 12 where he ran the ball a ton didn't run it as much in in 12 but man did he take punishment Avery's not that big of a guy he's tall but he's only 180 pounds soaking wet not only that but he's while he's got the ability to be quick and outrace guys, you still have to get past that first level. 
And at that weight, you, you can tell that he still needs that time in the weight room in the offseason. It's going to be a very important offseason for him in the weight room to see what he's able to add to his physique leading up to next season as the starter. Let's be perfectly honest, a lot of growth takes place from year one to year two in that weight room for players, and he just absolutely has to have that bulk-up ability this offseason because otherwise you're putting him in a position where, yes, as much as you want him to be able to run the ball, you don't want to put him out there for the 25 carries, as you noted. He's just not going to be able to withstand that. He's not built for that in terms of his physique at all, unlike how Colin Klein was. That said, Avery, throughout high school, showed that he can throw the ball. There's a reason why he was at the Elite 11 camp. There's a reason why he performed well at that event. There's a reason why, and it doesn't have to do with just his running ability. No, he has an arm. He has the ability to throw the ball. We just haven't seen it cut loose yet other than that one long pass down the sideline to Jace Brown that we saw in the TCU game. Well, and looking back at Tech, when he ran for those five touchdowns, you know, Joey McGuire's Red Raider defense was obviously not prepared for that attack. They knew about Avery. They didn't know that much about Avery, though. Right. It'll never be that easy again. And it wasn't exactly easy. I mean, it wasn't like he scored in every touch he had. Yes, he scored five times. But it wasn't the easiest day, but he still scored five times. And the offensive line was able to just create some big holes. I mean, the blocking on those plays were, for the most part, darn near perfect. But it'll never be that easy again. And he can't take the punishment quarterbacks in the past have. No. He just, and I wonder, you brought up putting on weight. The thing is, he was here in the spring. Yes. I just question that. You know, I, I don't think it's that easy for him. It's just it doesn't come natural to, for his body to put on sure. a lot of muscle. Sure. I just don't think his body was meant to be that way. He doesn't need all that muscle and all that strength to still have an electric arm. He, may, he just may not be able to put on that kind of weight to where you can take a few more hits. But you're also – this is still your quarterback. You want to protect your quarterback as best as possible. Will could also run the football, but it was obvious that it, it – they didn't want to have to run him all the time. And so they developed running back depth. And they developed different ways to get guys the ball. So where they really could limit Will's ability to or chances to run the football, Avery is somebody you're obviously going to scheme around with running the football. They're going to make it interesting on how they run him. They're just not going to do it 20 times a game. The thing you don't want to run into, though, is the situation that we've seen them run into each of the last two years, and and even before that, but specifically each of the last two years, losing your quarterback to an injury that has come from potentially running the ball. We've seen it happen to to Will. We saw it happen to Adrian uh, last season. You know, it's kind of been the norm. Yeah, Yeah. it happened to Skyler. It's been the norm for K-State to lose their starting quarterback for a portion of the season because of injuries. And with Avery Johnson especially, he can t- he'll can take that beating harder because his body isn't built like any one of those three quarterbacks was. Now you can argue, well, they were quote-unquote fragile. It's tough to argue that because of just the way that they were built. But yes, they each had their own injury issues during their times. Adrian more so at Nebraska than he did at K-State, of course. But... You don't want to keep that trend going 
So you have to find ways in terms of being able to help Adrian or to help Avery in his building his body in getting ready for next season that yes, it's not necessarily putting on quote unquote weight, but making sure that it's the right kind of weight that still allows him to be speedy, that still allows him to be able to throw the ball well, but also protect him from punishment. And I want to make this clear. This is a bowl game. Yes. This bowl, this, you know, win or lose, you know, at the end of the day, it's a win or a loss on the record, yes. But if it's a loss, we're not going to look back. We already have our mind made up about how this season went down. Honestly, it was a little bit disappointing. Eight and four was not, we were expecting right. a little bit better. We're right. not talking, you know, college football playoff. But we were expecting K-State in the last week to be in a good spot to play for a Big 12 championship, and they weren't. They lost four games in truly heartbreaking fashion in a way. They're all within one score, and there were so many what-ifs about this season. Exactly. This bowl game is just, all right, now we have an opportunity to play some young guys. Let's get some guys some experience. I hope the game plan is let Avery throw it around the yard. Because now you have Jace Brown to throw to, who I think is just, and we've seen glimpses of it already, I think he's K-State's third best receiver. Taking away Phillip Brooks and taking away Ben Sinnott, I think your top receiver is Jace Brown, who, you know, for sure beat out R.J. Garcia for that starting spot after a while. I think R.J. had one catch in the last seven games, and now he's on his way to Bowling Green. But also a guy like Trey Spivey, who's a tall receiver, played a little bit in that first game, they held on to his red shirt, and now since it's a bowl game, and this game will not count towards those four games that would, uh, you know, would determine if you get your red shirt or not, you can play these guys back in the future as well. So now you have Avery throwing to a couple of true freshmen. That's going to be fun. And don't forget about Garrett Oakley, who's now going to take over for Ben Sinnott, who, and I'm not the first person to say this, could very well be a better tight end than Ben Sinnott. So you're going to see a lot of young guys getting the football from a true freshman quarterback. It, it is certainly a sign. I mean, this is a good story to look at where college football is heading with the opt-outs and the transfer portal about, and about young guys playing. But it's pretty rare to see a true freshman getting to throw to a bunch of very young receivers. So we're going to watch the future of K-State football develop in one 60-minute game against NC State in Orlando, Florida, and I just want to see Avery throw it to a bunch of young guys and develop that arm. Someone joked after the opt-outs began and the transfer portal opened that this for K-State essentially was the spring game that we never have. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that really sums up where we're at with this because it is that opportunity to see guys that we don't always see. The game in Orlando is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services agent Joe Wilson. Do you need life insurance? No matter your life stage or expenses, having life insurance in place to protect your family is a smart move. Don't spend time wondering. Contact Farm Bureau Financial Services agent Joe Wilson in Manhattan to learn more. It's your future. Let's protect it. When we come back, our new Jabroni of the Week live from Orlando, Florida is next on The Game. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You jabronis hit the jackpot. That Hollywood brand jabroni, Hulk Hogan. Ow. Is this jabroni's name? Jabroni of the Week. Troy, I believe this is the first time Jabroni of the Week has been on location since the 2019 Liberty Bowl. Really? 
when I crowned a jabroni of the year, which I believe was Scott Frost. <laughs> so very appropriate. Well, it was after the whole, uh, you know, wearing hoodies yes. in the, in, in the in late fall for warm-ups. He criticized his players, threw them under the bus for that. Then he continued to wear hoodies during the game yes. to coach the game. So, yes. I mean, that was an easy one. We're back in the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale from Orlando, Florida. Jabroni of the Week. Three dishonorable mentions. We will culminate with my Jabroni of the Week. Dishonorable mention number one, Troy. We were watching some of this game last night before we went to bed. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Ugh. Boy, do you just hate to see it. He threw four interceptions in a game in which these two teams – were tied at the top. They were at the top of the leaderboard in their conference. One team had to win. Now, the 49ers are still tied for the top record in the NFC, but the Ravens beat the 49ers by the final score of 33-19. Brock Purdy with four interceptions, the roughest game in his early pro career. He became the first 49ers quarterback to throw four touchdowns, throw four interceptions in a game since Colin Kaepernick in 2015. Purdy was 18 of 32 for 255 yards. He got hurt in the fourth quarter. Sam Darnold had to come in and take over. You hate to see it just because you have the dislike for Brock Purdy. I hate to see it because, well, you know, there's money involved on my side of it. That MVP bet looks pretty bad now. Well, yes, he did take a hit, but, I mean, does Dak Prescott move kind of back into first place? Is there somebody else we're not talking about that now? You know, maybe a Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. is potentially a front-runner. I've not looked at updated uh, odds for that. The thing is, for the Cowboys, they can't win a game on the road. Right. Dak is still playing fine. I don't know. I'm getting very frustrated as a Cowboys fan. They're not getting it done on the road. I think they should have beat the Dolphins. They stunk on that final drive for the yes. Dolphins. Defensively, that was really their only issue the whole day defensively. They just couldn't stop anybody on that final drive. All right, dishonorable mention number two. Oklahoma fans, this includes Paul Parker. I don't know if he was involved in this. I doubt he was, but he's also an Oklahoma fan, so I'm just looping them all together here. So you may have heard about this story this past week. Caden Green, a highly touted offensive tackle, a part of the 2023 recruiting class, ranked second at his possession in the cl- position in the class. Well, he goes to Norman. He plays in a handful of games this year, and then the portal opens up. And before... The Sooners play the Arizona Wildcats in the Alamo Bowl, which does follow the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Right. He decides to enter the transfer portal. It decides to go to the Missouri Tigers. He actually just grew up a little outside of Columbia. Yeah. So he's kind of going to his, uh, his home school. He's a Missouri kid. Sooners fans didn't like that. They were sure. very upset that one of their top recruits in the 23 class, who was going to be the future of that Oklahoma offensive line as they transitioned into the SEC, very upset about his decision to leave. They were so petty about it that they found out his dad, Reginald, works as a State Farm agent. Oh, no. And they decided to put a bunch of one-star reviews on, yeah. like when you Google yeah. the yep. company and all the reviews show up on Google reviews, a bunch of one-star reviews. Reviews and Reginald even went on to those and, and commented on the uh, on the reviews like, "Hey, he called him out. You're like, you're an Oklahoma fan. You're just upset my son left. Don't take it personal. You guys are being a very poor representation of the University of Oklahoma. Call those wine star reviews. W H I N E star. I reviews. see the uh, dad jokes have followed Troy to Orlando, Florida. Better than the Jeronis following us here. All right, my next dishonorable mention, the final one is uh, Florida State head coach Mike Norvell. This does not have to do with anything with 
the people of Florida State against the ACC. <laughs> nothing like that. Nothing about them suing the ACC, trying to get a cheaper buyout so they can leave and go, you know, the Big Ten or SEC or whatever, you know, wherever they want to go. So signing day was back on the 20th. Yes. Five-star defensive back K.J. Bolden was committed to the Seminole since August. Okay. It was one of those signing days. He pulls off a backdoor oh, flip. Oh, shoot. And decides to go to Georgia. Now, this happens all the time. The reason I've decided to include them in Jabroni of the Week this, this week because this has happened to Mike Norvell now three straight seasons. Oh, really? So, jumping back to 2021, it was Travis Hunter. Right. Who ends up flipping of, to Jackson State. Of all places. To go yes. play for Dion. And then it happened last year with uh, Keldrick Falk, who flipped from the Knowles to Auburn on signing day, who was a top 20 recruit okay. and a five-star. So Mike Norvell, in three straight years, his top recruit has flipped on signing day. Oof. That, that is brutal. Oof. That That's a brutal week that if is you're awful. Florida State. Yes. All right, but finally, my jabroni of the week takes us to Arrowhead Stadium. Boy, the Chiefs have been so wrapped up in Jabroni of the Week really for this last month. You're really going to do this? I, I have to because a lot happened in their loss to the Raiders. First of all, they lost to the Raiders. I think that kind of already checks a yeah. box in a way. They yeah. lost 20-14 to 14 the offense. How about this stat? This season, the Chiefs have failed to score 20 points seven times. In the Mahomes era, yeah. previous to this season, six total times. Six total times they failed to score 20 points. Unreal. But, you know, a lot of people are blaming Mahomes. You know, it's definitely a whole offense thing. But, you know, the only shot the Chiefs had of even winning the game yesterday was because of Mahomes dancing in the pocket, trying to buy some time for a guy to get open. Right. Or him scrambling and getting a first down. He was the only one that can consistently move the football with the exception of Clyde Edwards-Alaire a little bit. A little bit. On one drive, he was pretty good. There is no vision on those running backs, I tell you. The Raiders became the first NFL team since 2000 to win without completing a pass since the first quarter. Aiden O'Connell did not have to complete a pass through the final three quarters of the game. There's more to that. Patrick Mahomes yelled at his O-line on the sideline. They yep. took it. But there's two things, and this is why I'm going to actually give GEHA field Jabroni of the Week. Okay. Not the team, not technically the stadium, just the field. A lot of bad things happen on that field for the mm -hmm. Chiefs. They're at home. But also, Travis Kelsey had one of the best helmet spikes I've ever seen. <laughs> Gronk style, by the face mask, spikes it off the grass. It pops in the air about 15 feet. Andy Reid doesn't give it back to him. He's upset with yep. Travis Kelsey. Yep. And then, by the way, um, Clark Hunt's dog takes a dump on the field in postgame. Oh, really? Right at the 44-yard line, squats and leaves a dookie. Well, that was his opinion of the game. Well, that's the, that's the joke. Yes. I mean, for 60 minutes, the Chiefs were crapping on the field yeah. the whole game. I mean, Why he, not a dog finish it off? He left it all on the field. I'm that's aware. a good time to take a break. Thank you. We're live from Orlando's 39 Poolside Bar and Grill. We'll take a timeout. We'll finish our one next of the game. The Game Live for Orlando is brought to you by Commerce Bank, helping you and our community grow. It's why we come to work every day. Proud to support KSU Athletics. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. 
All right, Troy, I thought it'd be uh, fitting to wrap up a little bit of K-State news that doesn't have to do with football, doesn't have to do with the Pop-Tarts Bowl. K-State women's basketball is now one step closer to being a top-10 team. After a blowout win over Southern and uh, also beating Oral Roberts, mm-hmm. plus North I mean, they played three games in, what, five days? Yes. And a heck of a way to close out your streak going into the break. They, they've won now six straight. They got Big 12 play starting here in four days. Woof. K-State women's basketball is now number 11 in the nation in the fi- in the last AP poll as uh, the Cats will start Big 12 play on the 30th. They're at Cincinnati on Saturday, December 30th. That game will be right here on K-Man. And then home Big 12 play starts against Houston on January 3rd. Bramlage Coliseum, that is a Wednesday at 6.30. The game from Orlando, Florida brought to you by Whole Health MHK. Unlock a healthier you at Whole Health MHK. They're not just a clinic. They are your wellness champions, located at 7840 East Highway 24 in Manhattan. That's going to wrap up our number one of the game. Mitch Portner with Troy Coverdale from Orlando, Florida, getting you set for the Pop-Tarts Bowl in two days against NC State. And when we come back for hour number two, we're going to speak with K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton, plus the biggest storyline on the NC State side of this bowl game is that they will be without their star player. That's hour two of the game next on KMAN. It's your local news.